I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, black, manly papa chair in my living room, and I'm looking over the report page for this podcast. I think it's interesting that we call this podcast Goodnight, because it looks like you mostly downloaded in the overnight hours. As a matter of fact, midnight to 3 a.m. seems like the uh, heaviest activity that we have on this podcast. It's fascinating. I don't know when you actually listen, of course. But I'm, I'm hoping that you also do that at night, because I loved being on the air at night, even all night. Kind of tough doing all nights, but it, it's really worth it, because all nights get lonely, you know, and I liked being the guy who showed up when the lonely was getting a little tough and nasty. It's hard staying up all night when the rest of the world is sleeping. I was at NBC Radio in New York. It had some benefits uh, having to do with parking, however, because as you probably pretty well know, you can, it's totally impossible to park anything less than a Sherman tank in midtown Manhattan most of the time. But uh, during the overnight hours when I was working there, I could just park right up by St. Patrick's Cathedral and walk down to the RCA building, and that was all there was to it. And I had a double effect there because I figured parking next to St. Patrick's Cathedral, if somebody got a little funny with the car, God would get them. <laughs> but it is kind of hard staying up all night when the rest of the world is sleeping. You run into a progression of problems. The first day after you're up all night, you, you kind of walk around sort of tired and dizzy and your hair is messed up, you know, and your pulse rate drops down into the uh, into the mid-teens. And after a week of doing that, you notice a, a loss of muscle tone, and you start eating a lot of oysters and chicken soup, but it doesn't do any good. And after about a month, you start having trouble remembering things like your zip code and your middle name, and you start getting bubbles in your think tank, and you begin to look like something that would eat its young. And after about six months you begin to have trouble counting backward from two. <laughs> and you begin to grow a third set of teeth, but not in your mouth, on your eyelids, because your mouth has become stuck shut. And after about a year, if you survive that long, you change blood types and you begin speaking in tongues. <laughs> and that's why all night disc jockeys look and sound the way we do. kind of a fraternity, people who stay up all night, not just disc jockeys, all kinds of people. Actually, these days, there's a, a large and growing sorority, too. You get to the point where you begin to see things differently. For example, you suddenly realize you think of your dog as your friend, and therefore you shouldn't have him neutered. I mean, after all, how many of your other friends have you had neutered? Huh? You begin to understand that there will always be prayer in school as long as there are algebra exams. These things become clear to you. You write an email to the president and you tell him, when we pull out of the desert in those Middle East countries, instead of bringing all that equipment home, why not just have a mirage sale? Then you begin to wonder if a ghost puts his car in a mirage. Huh? 
That's when the left side of your brain has enough. It pulls the plug, and like it or not, you finally fall asleep. But you dream that you're working at a station where they play a song called Don't Worry, Be Happy, 24 hours a day. Don't worry, be happy. Dick's Details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The smart guys in the white lab coats tell us that they have discovered that chocolate produces some of the same reactions in the brain as marijuana. And they probably also discovered other similarities between the two, but they can't remember what they are for some reason. The smart guys who write that very famous British medical journal called Lancet have been studying the mechanics of how woodpeckers can smash their beaks into trees all day without getting headaches. I don't know why they research stuff like that, but they do. And they figured one of the reasons woodpeckers peck is to attract members of the opposite sex and another is to relieve tension. One reason is to attract members of the opposite sex. The other is to relieve tension. Look, that figures. Because if they got headaches, what good would it be to attract members of the opposite sex? And as far as relieving tension, I'm not going there. And guys, Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation always says, if you're spending most of your time bending iron bars, running triathlons, and tearing phone books in half, for God's sake, calm down, get a hold of yourself. Dicks to tails, they take your mind off your mind. Sometimes, staying awake all night is more dangerous than other times, of course. A lot of it has to do with your all-night job or whatever's keeping you awake at night, you know? There is not that much in terms of personal danger that a disc jockey gets into when he's working the all-night show. The biggest problem being that you might fall asleep and hit your head on the microphone. Uh, But then there are more dangerous jobs. Being a pilot who works all night, for example. Some pilots fly airliners, you know, and they got two other pilots there to help fly the plane and keep the coffee coming and tell them jokes. But other guys, some pilots, fly small single-engine planes all by themselves. Usually they're transporting checks. Believe it or not, they still do that. And uh, I don't know what it's like to fly an airliner at night, but I have spent lots of nights in my small single-engine airplane. And there's a story about that in the personal audio CD called Love Comes When You Least Expect It. The story is called Night Flight. Pilots are taught that altitude is usually your friend. Got a problem? Climb. Well, I certainly have a problem. It's time to climb into my airplane and think. There's nothing out there but the midnight. As far as you can see. 
The altimeter hands point to 10,000 feet. But it might as well be 10,000 miles. An occasional star pops through the broken layer of clouds above, but the layer below is solid. There's hardly any outside perspective at all except the single-engine growl of my airplane. You don't know if you should feel big or small, old and beautiful or young and ugly. Only the instruments can tell if you're right side up, and they sometimes lie. But the only feeling here is that I am absolutely alone. Under the clouds, there are touch-me looks flicking across rooms, private words purring in velvet places, supple leather, black lace, and soft lips coming undone for careful fingertips and on careful words. Telephones are cradled on naked shoulders, and the night is flexing with lovers moving together in the dark. Babies are crying. People are taking each other's lives, earning or losing each other's trust, and trying to deal with being alone. We always meant to make love here, two miles above the city. We were going to take a summer and fly all the way across the country, stopping to eat at small-town diners and sleeping under the wing. We were going to always be in love. But someone taught us both that there are rules that we must follow, as if life were some kind of baseball game. But you only get one strike this season. And the first time you touch a member of the other team with your naked body, for any reason, you're gone. Is that how the rule reads, my love? Was I out as soon as I touched her? Or was it as soon as I took pleasure in the seduction? Would I have been safe if I hadn't enjoyed it? Or if at least one of us had been wearing a more proper uniform. Could you have looked the other way if her lips had been a little cooler? Exactly what was it that I did with her that got me ejected from the game? Every game has its limits. Nine innings, three outs but only one mortal sin, and you're gone. I have loved you all of the days of my life, and all but one of the nights. You don't want to send me away, but that's the way your rule book reads. And so I must leave you as I have loved you. And I have loved you, not perfectly, but well. And so I will leave you all the rest of the days of my life. And all but one of the nights. It may be tomorrow. It may be next year. It may be a decade or two. But one night, when touch-me looks are flickering across rooms, private words are purring in velvet places, 
supple leather, black lace, and soft lips are coming undone for careful fingertips. One night when babies are crying, people are taking each other's lives, and I am still trying to deal with being without you. Then listen, my love, for a single engine airplane growling two miles up in the clouds, and you and I will love just one more night. of the city you know? sometimes you don't have time for that like when the, the weather's banging you around and, and you really got your hands full flying the plane but sometimes things are calm you know and the autopilot's on and you have lots of time to think and that's the time when a lot of times your thoughts start tumbling all around there in the dark dark outside and sometimes in the, in the darkest part of your heart too I think about that next time you hear a little airplane growling around way up in the sky in the middle of the night. Night Flight is from The Love Comes When You Least Expect It, personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com. Download it from the Love Comes When You Least Expect It icon there on the home page. Things can get pretty intense when you're on the radio all night. A lot of times you're on the phone, too, because a lot of the people who are listening to you, lots of times, want you to listen to them, too. It stands to reason, you know. And some of the things people told me in the middle of the night became stories that uh, were put in the Night Connections albums. But some of those all-night conversations were so private that I could really never tell anybody else about them. And I am pretty sure some of those calls were the last words the callers ever said. I talked three people out of ending their lives through the years. I'm not too sure about a couple of other ones. My Lady Wonder Wench sometimes used to call in the middle of the night. She listened to my show on a little nightstand radio with a small light that showed the numbers on the dial. And when she called, I swear, I could see her soft curves in that same little light. I always tried to make her laugh a little bit when she called in the middle of the night. Laughs are good, especially middle-of-the-night lady laughs. They're a little like human fingertips slipping out of the dark and holding onto my hand so I could make her feel safe. That's because I always liked being the guy who showed up when things got tough and nasty and lonely in the middle of the night.
Okay. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.